It's time for another Pinball Profile. I'm your host, Jeff Teolis. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. It's that time of year again. We're getting ready for Pinberg and Replay FX. And joining us, one of the assistant TDs. You know him, Bowen Karens. Hey, Bowen, how are you? Great. How are you, Jeff? I'm good. You've been traveling quite a bit lately. I saw you recently just outside of Boston at Pintastic. That was fun. And playing you in the, uh, I guess, semifinals, if you will, or the, I guess, third place, the bronze match, they would call it. Yeah, the uh, backup game. (laughs) It was good to see you there. And I know right now you're in Salt Lake City. A lot of travel miles for you, and we'll get to that as you head to Pittsburgh and then soon to Australia. But first up, it's Pinburg, and I'm so excited. A thousand players, just the growth. Every single year, it gets better and better, and the growth of Whipped as well. Yeah, it's, it's very exciting, especially with Whipped. Uh, Whipped is doubling in size to 128 players, and it's going to be an outstanding event on Sunday. We're just uh, finalizing the game groups and getting everything organized for Pinburg. And I saw the list. We've got 87 game groups. It's just that's not okay. It was 140,000 square feet last year, and I think you used all of the David L. Lawrence Convention Center, so it'll be the same this year, too, with the 1,000 players. And, yeah, so you're going to squeeze a few more in so that they can accommodate the 1,000 players, but logistically it's been worked out. In fact, I was just in Pittsburgh at the new Papa facility, if you will, or storage place, whatever you want to call it, and I did a fight club, so they've been uh, working very, very hard in Pittsburgh to get things ready. Yeah, I think that's one of the aspects that's hard to picture when you think about the uh, logistics of this event. That Doug Polka, lead tournament director for Pinburg, as well as the others, Aton Goldman, this was Carmel doing so much work, the Tex. So these uh, these little fight club tournaments that happen in Pittsburgh are opportunities for us to test the Pinburg games before they go live, so the games are less likely to break down. And we also time the machines. So get a more clear picture of how to put four games together and keep them within a specific time frame so the event can continue running. A really interesting logistics, I personally I love that side of creating the event and trying to make sure it runs uh, on time and with as little difficulty as possible for most of the players. I remember you telling me a couple of years ago as we were preparing for Pinburg that that is probably not your biggest fear, but biggest concern and something that you really don't even have to worry about is the timing of each group so that there's no waiting. And in fact, Bowen, I got to tell you, I like the rule that was put in last year that said all tiebreakers will be broken based on your record the previous round, even though that cost me a playoff spot as I was tied. I still think it's a great rule and I use it in tournaments as well. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, but uh, yeah, oh, we think it's, it was the best choice rather than take another hour plus to run to run tiebreaker games when there when there really are some tiebreakers visible among among the play. It's a way of representing the strength of schedule of a player, also because uh, if they, if someone was ahead of you after nine rounds, that means that they're probably going to have to face more difficult opponents overall, including in round ten. Well, I like it just because it was transparent. I mean, we knew what the rules were going in. It wasn't that it was just sprung on us. So I have no one to blame but myself for poor play in the nine <laughs> rounds. Before. I'm being serious. So, I mean, yeah, I would like to make the playoffs, but it's, hey, you know what? Play better. Yeah, this is also a way of ensuring minorly that it's always been a dumb issue at Pinburg where some players will, who are playing really well, will worry that they're playing too well. And, uh, even though the games themselves are giving them, like, hey, you're doing great, keep going. Sure, you're going to make A division, but uh, you can then play really well in A division. You're kicking butt. Uh, we, we have 
there's always been a couple incidents of uh, people not uh, really respecting that and then trying to change the way they play in later rounds. I don't understand it myself, but I can see how people would choose that. Well, I think what we're roundabout saying is sandbagging, so to speak. And uh, <laughs> I personally, I'm very lucky, very, very fortunate that I am A, restricted this year being top 100. I love it. Do I think I've earned it? Probably not based on the last two Pinbergs. I played in B both times, but I do like the comfort of knowing, okay, day one is not as stressful. I'll be in A and I can battle it out. So, you know, hopefully I earn it because it would stink for someone like myself to be pushed up to A when I really didn't deserve it. But the great thing about what you've done and the whole Papa group, you've kind of got it to a good number. Like last year it was top 50 and I think I don't even know if one or two got through that shouldn't have been there. So it's a nice fine balance. But again, you don't want to see Keith Elwin playing in the seas. Let's just put it that way. It's a really difficult issue in the logistics of the event. So one one we always get to hear about uh, because there isn't there is no right answer to this question. The only actual right answer would be for me to tell you that if you didn't make it into A on day one, that you would be eliminated. Oh, and we're never going to do that. Not well, hopefully not. Anyway, it's definitely not this year. I don't think there are any plans of doing any such thing. But that would be the the only fair way of ensuring the right people get into the right divisions. And so bringing you or Keith Ellen or uh, Sharp and pushing them into A so that they don't win B, I think it's the right thing to do, and it always has been. It's always been part of this event, even from the first year, even when we, we quote unquote only had 170 players. I love that you just used myself and Keith Owen in the same <laughs> sentence, but then you had to throw Josh in there, and you ruined the whole thing. Thanks very much, Bowen. You're welcome. Anytime. You know what? You're talking about, though, the perfect tournament, and for a lot of people, Pinburg is it. It is difficult, whether it's rules, whether it's the number of players, the machines, everything you add into any tournament, especially one of this size, to make everyone happy. It is very, very difficult to do for any tournament. Logistics, you name it. There are so many different categories. I think Pinberg gets it, but you have been to so many different tournaments where we're seeing, oh, you know, I wish it could have been done this way. And I think of right now, the difficulty a lot of tournaments are having is where do we find the time to slot in if we have a main and we have a classics and a women's so that women don't have to choose, am I going to do main or am I going to do women's? In other words, it's unfortunate, and we've seen tournaments recently where they have to pick sides, and it'd be nice if they could play in all of them. Yeah, a great example of this is Emily May from the Fantastic Tournament. Emily won the Silver Bell Brawl, the first ever uh, women's event at Fantastic, which had 40-plus players. Great. But when she got back to the main event, she had gone from in, being in the top 10 to being out of contention for the top 24 for finals. And you're absolutely right. This is a very hard problem for events to manage because it's another one where there just is no right answer. Um, a lot of events have limited time for everything, and you basically have to block out the time for this event for the women. And what else do you do? I, I don't know. Uh, in the case of Finberg, Pinberg and Whips are two separate tournaments on separate days, so we don't actually have to make that distinction. We can just run them on the different days we have. That's a luxury that Replay FX has as a four-day event. Yes and no. If women want to play in the Intergalactic, the playoffs is also at the same time, so there is, unless that's changed. You're absolutely right. It does provide a conflict, and it sucks. There are definitely women who are plenty capable of making the Intergalactic final. And then what? Do we have them bounce back and forth between 
two events and run simultaneously? Do they have to pick one? Pretty much what it is right now. And it's not cool, but I wish I knew a better solution other than to isolate the timing of each event so nothing overlaps, which we have seen some events do, and it's, it's generally worked, but it requires that much more effort and attention. See, now, Bowen, probably one of the smartest math minds I know in speaking to you right now, and certainly with your tournament expertise, and when you say, I don't really know the solution, because it's not that you don't care, because you definitely care about making sure that these events are happening and that everyone's having a good time at these events. But again, the logistics, if anybody is listening to Pinball Profile has some great suggestions, I would love to hear them. I know I'd pass them along to Bowen. He would love to hear them because the whipped event's huge, 128. I mean, I remember talking to Kate Martin last year and she was worried about, I hope it sells out. <laughs> sells out? Are you kidding? You could <laughs> And that's how big this tournament is. So I'm looking forward to that and so many other things. And, and you know, I touched upon you are the kind of person that a lot of people reach out to. You are certainly a huge figure in pinball. If there was a Mount Rushmore of greatest pinball players, Bowen, I put you on there and I don't think too many people would argue that that but also two from come on i know you're being modest but take the flattery because it's well earned um you are always there to help people i'll give you another i'll give you a personal example we were playing in pintastic in the third place round i was happy to make the final four the bad news is i'm about to play bowen for third place but not the bad news because i because i really enjoy playing against you in fact a couple years ago i went to the stern pro circuit where i knew i had to play yourself keith elwin and trent augenstein my friends were saying why are you going you're going to get smoked i'm like why wouldn't i go that is going to be a great experience i can only do better i'm expected to do nothing so that first game of meteor i played the three of you i beat you and keith and i will hold that high for the rest of my life i've never won since but still you know what i mean like it was it was a fun experience so here we are playing at pintastic and we're playing a game you smoked me i think you got the grand champ on x files and i got to pick the next game i said you know what let's play a game i've played maybe five times in my life full throttle and this is bowen karens he said to me well do you want to know how to play it so i'm about to play him for a competition for money and all that other stuff you know and he's telling me how to play that that's the bowen i know well thanks I appreciate you knocking me out of the circuit that year, too, man. Nice. Ah, I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Down but, but, on Galaxy in that very last game, I, I definitely deserved the elimination, for sure. There. You beat me twice there. Thanks, but again, the point is, you're there to help in this case me, but I see it a lot, especially on social media, picking up causes where kind of other people, myself included, I don't really want to touch that topic. You know what I mean? Like I, <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I, I at work, I we have a social media policy, believe it or not, because I'm an on-air personality. I know not to talk about politics, talk about religion, talk about abortion. Those are kind of don't touch topics. And then you know, certainly in this Me Too movement and, and as we talk about women's events and the need to have a safe place, you're there to pick up that mantle quite a bit. And uh, I'm asking, is it difficult? Because I'm sure you get a ton of support, but then you got to take the crap from other people too. I think it's a lot less difficult than it is for the women who are most directly affected by the things that are happening around them, whether it be comments people make about players, so to give you a direct example from Tinberg, we've had multiple instances where a male player will be in a group with three men and one woman, and that player will then make the assumption that a female player doesn't know anything about these games or what she's doing. The male player has offered to tell the female player how to start a four-player game or 
will describe the very basics of the rules of a game that that person wouldn't then say the same thing to any of the men that they're around. And this is sexism. This is not okay when you're going to treat the other players as professionals. Now, in that case, what was neat is that the, uh, the female player owned that machine at home told the male player this and then proceeded to kick all their ass. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this is the type of thing that happens where then if, if something that happened to me the first time I ever went to an event, I would be much less likely to ever want to come back. Uh, and so my hat's off to all those players who are being put down this way who's, and their reaction, no, I'm not getting out of here. I'm coming back and I'm going to get better and I'm going to beat you. Uh, and we see more female players at Timberg every year whips with, with Kate and the other TDs who are, the other female TDs who are entirely responsible for building whipped, they are driving the number of female players in Tinburg way up, and it's wonderful. And I hope that we can achieve some sort of balance long-term, but if, uh, and that means being a voice, sure, I'm happy to. I'm very happy to make this possible. And I am not the best voice, and I'm a Sure, I screw things up a few times, and people come down on me going, like, who are you to say this? Like, well, I'm just saying it. I don't know. It's never going to be perfect, and I just want to be able to promote the things I believe in and the people I believe in. I've learned a lot in five short years of competitive pinball or this IFPA and this fun hobby that we're in, and you've helped me out in specific examples. I'll get to one in a second, but I remember the first time I heard of the women's event, I thought, oh, that's neat. And I didn't understand why there was a need to, because fortunately, knock on wood, in the surroundings I'm in, I have not seen anybody act inappropriately to a woman or anybody for that matter. So very, very fortunate, but I hear so many of these stories and now I get it. I'm like, yeah, that's not right in pinball. It's not needed in pinball. It's uh, Everyone should have a safe place, everybody. And if this is a way to do that, then all power to it, and I support it completely. So I'll give you an example of being in the public eye, and I guess now through Pinball Profile, I'm one of those people. And you pointed this out to me a few years ago, in fact. I was at a bar where there's pinball machines. It was a big event. And there were shooter girls coming around offering everybody... <laughs> no, this... You, maybe you remember I, this. I remember this. Okay. There were free shooters given to everybody. Of course, I took one. And as they asked every single person, can we get a picture? Because I think they posted on social media, like, look at all these people we got drinking our drink kind of thing, right? So I took that picture and sent it to my wife as a joke and said, hey, look at the fans of Pinball Profile. She laughed. And then Stupid me, I posted on Pinball Profile, and you private messaged me, and I appreciate you doing that, said, hey, just to let you know, you're in the public eye now, and that might be offensive to some people. It's not appropriate. It's not the image we're going for. I immediately took it down, and I thank you for doing that. And and listen, I don't even have to admit that. I'm admitting it on air right now because it was ignorance. It wasn't, to me, it wasn't being sexist, but I get that it came across that way. So I, I thank and, you for- And everything, that's, that's one of the things about this I think is important, that we have to believe that people who are doing things incorrectly, they're more likely to be doing it because of just either ignorance or just doing things the way they have been. And people evolve and get better. And if we can believe that people evolve, we can continue to grow. I remember as a college student being on the forum, the Recting the Spinball, and there was a phrase people would use when they wanted to like shoot the spinner a whole lot of times. And it, it is a word for sexual assault. And... I used this word in my post because it was what everyone else was saying, and I just I did not think at all about why I was using that word or what it what it meant. 
in that context, and it was rude, and I don't anymore. But it was ignorant. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't by. It was, it was, it was, it was ignorance. It was absolutely ignorant. Yeah. And it was inappropriate. Um, then sometimes we get this pushback where if if someone uses that and they say, "Hey, you know, maybe something else like exploits," um, you get these people who dig in and go, "Like, no, this is this is where I draw the line. I draw the line at this word." And I'm, really, this is the hill I'm going to die on. This is what you want to spend your time arguing about on the internet. Uh, and, uh, unfortunately, this, this happens regularly. And uh, at some level, it becomes about okay, who, who is this community for? Is this a community for dudes, or is this a community for everybody? And not everyone agrees with that, with the answer to that question. Well, I've learned that you can't please everybody and take a look at something I you know, don't openly discuss, but take a look at politics and see how divided people are. So unfortunately, you know, there are going to be people on your side, people on the other side, and I don't even know which one's right or wrong in different examples, not this one. It's just that there are great difference of opinions in a lot of things. And I do thank you for pointing that out to me. That's years ago, Bowen. And you you could have done what a lot of people do in social media. And they put people in a box. They don't know a person. They say they are that person because of this one thing. And I, that is that is my number one resentment that people do that. And you didn't do that. I probably do that to some people and I, and I shouldn't. Um, but you didn't to me. And, and okay, if you do do it to other people, I know you very well. I'm sure saying the word sorry or, oh, I was wrong is not something that's impossible to do, right? <laughs> no, I'm being, I'm, I'm being serious. I'm, yes. I make mistakes all I, the I, time. I, this, this question, this, this seems to remind me of an octopus I saw recently. I'm not really sure. <laughs> Listen, you, I wasn't going to bring that up. You just brought that up. Okay, th- this, is a gr- this is a great example. This is a great example. And I talked to somebody we both respect very much in Kristen Gregory about this. I said, you know, I've got this situation where I've got friends on both sides and they really don't like each other right now. I feel really awkward. I want to like everybody and I do like these people and they don't like each other at this point. And I just think in this perfect world, wouldn't it be great if we could come to a resolution, a discussion and and make things better as opposed to, again, maybe putting that person in the box and they are this type of person. I do think that when one of those people chooses to say, if you are offended by this, then you can get the F out right now, uh, that, oh. that, person is, that person is making a choice to dig in, and you just say at that point, okay, fine, this is what you believe, and this is more important than these other beliefs. And, oh, well, that's, that's who you are, I guess. And maybe, that, maybe they won't be that way forever. I hope that. I hope, I hope for that. At that point, you just kind of say, okay, that's it. That's all I can... That's all I got. Now, that being said, will you open up conversation to try to work things out in the future, or is, are you just done with that person? I don't know. I don't even know that person. See, right there. That, to me, I have difficulty not liking somebody I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's just me. And as I get older, I want peace with everyone. It's not always possible. And sometimes you just, like you say, you shake your hand. Okay, you know what? Uh, best of luck to you. You go your way. I go my way. But uh, that example you're giving, I, and I sat down with Kristen and I said, boy, you know, when I first saw that artwork, I loved the science fiction of it. I didn't see what Absolutely. has been pointed out. I had never saw that. I said, you know, I, I really thought that was pretty cool. I didn't see that, but I have heard from other people, many people, in fact, that see both sides of it, and so I'm in. The, I'm in the middle. I'm like, God, where do I where do I stand on this thing? Because I really don't know what to do. I mean, 
I respect both sides. What, is that possible? Is that sitting on the fence? That is possible. I, I guess I, I, I too, uh, appreciate a good sci-fi thing. And uh, um, I think, as Kristen said, this is as much about agency as anything else. Like, someone can look sexy. And uh, to say that it's just about sexiness is not, not really the issue there. Some, I, someone anonymously built a new version of that artwork that showed the the woman firing at the uh, at the, the monster and a couple of other minor changes. It was basically the same artwork, but it was it was fine because it had the woman wasn't like just captured and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, Again, this is all subject to interpretation, but the, well, that's a good thing. And I listened to others, and yeah, there's disagreement there, but. When that disagreement also basically disadvantages an entire group of people, the same group of people who are already having enough trouble getting representation in these events, then it probably should be changed. And I, I again, you have to ask the organizers of the event whether they asked for changes and they were refused, because that's what I heard. It's just a rough situation all around. Yeah, I, I didn't have to be. I did not want to get into this, Bowen, because, uh, again, oh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, listen, I, I also know that... It was, a, it was a bad joke. <laughs> no, no. I know I know the artist also didn't take a fee to come to that event because of the flack. And, I, and so I, they're, and the person's also not here to defend themselves. So, I, mm-hmm. you know, I... What do I... How do I wrap that one up nicely in a box? Uh... <laughs> Let's pretend this never happened. No, because it's good. No, it's good. It's good content, Bowen. It's good content, and uh, that's why I do best stir up trouble. No. <laughs> well, Bowen, that is an example of you posting on social media. That how many comments were on that thread? So many different ones, and you saw both sides of it too, right? And it's one of those. I don't know how you say one is right, one is wrong, or right. are both right, or both wrong. Yeah, like one of the things I try to do on, at least on my personal social media, is if people want to have a reasonable discussion and they're not calling people out, name calling, or, or making insults, then it's going to be listened to. It's going to be, it's not censored, and everything on that post gets uh, uh, has full worldwide public visibility, so anyone can add what they want to say. So recently, I've uh, been in some discussions with people about the online gambling on pinball, which I have a pretty strong negative opinion of, but others have a very strong positive opinion of. And it's been interesting listening to those opinions, and they all have some basis in why someone would like it or dislike it. And I don't think there's going to be a resolution to that, to say that someone is right, someone is wrong. But I still feel strongly about my opinion on that matter, and I can, but I can respect the opinions that others are expressing. That's a good point. You're not saying it's wrong. You're not saying it's wrong for them or it's wrong that you're making this opinion. You're just offering your opinion and saying, here's what I have a problem with and here's how some people can be devalued. You've actually had people contact you and say, this really bothers me. So it's not just you. It's other people using you as a sounding board, if you will, because you do have a voice. So again, there's another example of people on both sides and you wonder who's right, who's wrong. I know when it first came out, I was like, oh, really? And then I saw my name on it. I'm like, oh, I'm not comfortable with this at all because, <laughs> you know, I don't want somebody pulling me aside saying, hey, buddy, uh, tank, and I'll give you a thousand bucks. Yeah, put, like, a, put, put 100 bucks on you. Where are you? I'm going to lose because you're losing. Oh, great. So, yeah. We're both losing money today. <laughs> it, it was awkward, but I guess we've seen people say, 
if we were going in the sporting direction, I guess this is common and prop bets and all those other kind of things too. But the the fantasy one too was the one that I think you were talking about where there is no money value, but there's value in people. And that was the concern, correct? Yeah, the first I, the first time I heard uh, people's opinions on this was about two years ago. There was a, a fantasy pinberg betting pool where from, from players from a certain city where everybody could vote for some number of them at different odds. And the players who were getting no votes, players who had poor odds, they expected to. It, it just became a very negative experience for some people. And I was actually kind of surprised by that initially because it was, oh, well, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't we care about that at all? But then you hear the details, like, this really affected me. I started playing, I feel like I played worse because I looked at that data and no one was supporting me and it made me feel uncomfortable. It was it was eye opening to me because I, I did not expect to hear those opinions. I heard those that from more than one person. And now with the with the bookie stuff, there's not much I can do about it to remove my own name from the list or anything like that. But uh, it like you like you said, it, it's a little weird to see that. Never mind the legality of it. There's definitely some big questions about the legality to me, and that is my major issue with it. The fact that we've come from an old old past where gambling caused pinball to be made illegal in most U.S. cities, and now we're gambling on pinball again. I, I just don't understand why that's worth it. The risk is to have someone come down on us again. Bowen, I'm actually going to be talking to David from my bookie later this week. If you had one question to ask him, what would it be? What states are you legal in? That was actually on my list. I've already got that. If you've you've got a different question, that's a freebie. It was already on my list, actually. Uh, Who sets the odds? Okay, that's a good one. Who sets the odds? I'll ask David. As you know, this pinball profile, I try to cover the gamut of everything, right? And Mm -hmm. I've done some shows where people are like, how dare you get that person on? Or how dare you talk about that? I'm like, well, it's all kind of part of pinball. I have absolutely no problem with you bringing, bringing on David from, from my bookie. It, it's certainly going to be an interesting conversation. And like I said, I want to hear the opinions of everyone in this matter because they can change my own opinion. They, at least they can understand where everyone is coming from. And that's the thing, like you said, about the black and whiteness of uh, political debates, where if, if I don't have respect and, and understanding of, of the other opinions, then uh, I'm not I'm not uh, really entitled to have my own opinion on it, honestly. But when I remember a couple of years ago, you were on the Pinball Podcast with Jeff and Jessica, and I reached out to Jessica, who I really don't know at all. I've met her once, twice, but I heard that Pinball Podcast, and she was talking about anxiety and mental health issues. And I wrote her a note, just said, I thought that was a fantastic brave episode to do to be so open about that in a topic that a lot of people kind of keep to themselves and Mm -hmm. and you've been quite open about that as well too that i've seen posts where like hey having a rough day you know send me some positive thoughts something to that effect and i'm glad you do that because if somebody sends you something and that's enough to okay get you through the day then you did the right thing the thing about social media is it scares the hell out of me sometimes because there's so much toxicity on it and there's a lot of what I call drive-by shooters where people take shots that, especially on the Twitter and pin side and things like that, where you don't have to put your name to it. But you use social media in this example of maybe a, a call for help or a reach out. And just like that Jessica episode and, and what she did and you doing that, is social media 
more of a good thing for you than the crap that you have to deal with on the other side? Oh, that's a good question. I have no idea whether social media has been a positive influence on my life or not. I, I also I agree with you outright that uh, both Jeff and Jessica have been uh, very outspoken isn't the right word, but just honest and, and truthful about their own experiences with depression and anxiety. I remember reading a post by Jeff about uh, how pinball saved him uh, from depression, and it really resonated with my own life. Uh, many times when I'm completely down in the dumps, uh, pinball will save me. They're just uh, this, this thing kind of, you can quiet your brain down and, and focus on the game and just take away whatever other pain is happening. I don't know how many people have joined, have started playing pinball because of that, but it was uh, was one of my reasons for really getting deep into pinball in the first place. So if I post to say I'm, I'm feeling sad, I just want to be honest. And if somehow that can help someone else get through their day or to recognize that the way we portray ourselves on social media as our best lives living every day to, to the maximum, not really like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so in that sense, I think that social media can be a really big positive and I can't imagine how many people, how many friends I, I would or wouldn't have without it. Uh, I just feel like I have so many, so many good influences in my life because of uh, the friends I've made through Pinwall. Oh, that's a that's a great answer. I have to agree with you 100% there. And yes, people reach out to you all the time because they see your videos. They see you as such a great player and as someone who cares about so many different people and wanting people to have fun playing pinball. If you're not having fun playing pinball and that's why you got into it, then what the hell are we doing this for? And, uh, and if someone is feeling down, depressed, they feel like they don't have anybody to talk to, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm there on Facebook. Just uh, send me a note and you want to talk about something and uh, I'll be one of the people who can help you out. There's, there's always so many people. Uh, willing to help, who helped me when I was in my worst places. Mm. And uh, I, I feel like if I can pass that on in a small way, I, I want to. I, I will extend that offer too because when we're in a good space and we can help other people out, that's a great thing too. And we've all been down in the dumps and looking like how are we ever going to get out of this? But in your case, in my case, in other people's cases, you do get out of it. And you just have to remind people that, you know, this is, yeah, it's a bad day. It's it, This and that has happened, but it's not always going to be like that. And uh, having a friendly voice to talk to is, that's all you need, right? Like, you, no, no one wants to be alone in this world. Yeah, unless you're playing pinball, and you, then you really are alone. You want to be lost in the zone, right? Well, you know, you talk about all the people that you've met on social media. You're going to meet a lot more of those quote-unquote friends on Facebook because <laughs> of who you are. You've been invited to go to Brisbane Masters, which is a massive event. I know you're looking forward to that. you got to get the hell out of Pittsburgh as soon as uh, Pinburg's done because you're off to this massive event. How much fun is that going to be? Uh, I'm just, uh, just honored. Uh, Jimmy Nails and the, uh, the crew down there are putting together something really special. There was a video of their introduction of so like a media day before it's happening, and there's there's horses and cows and motorcycle jumping and height rope walking and pinball machines. <laughs> there's no games <laughs> everywhere. Uh, there's, there's a video of uh, Emily Cawson, uh, John's daughter, uh, playing, I think it was a Twilight Zone, with just a bunch of cows just right nearby watching the play. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a hoot. I've never been anywhere near Australia, and uh, I'm honored to be invited by them. I, uh, I hope that I can make it worth their while and their 
their payment. They're, they're paying for me to go out there. It's crazy. I get a free trip to Australia so I can play pinball. What, what is this life? No, I think uh, it'll be covered easily because of you know the joy you'll be bringing people and people getting a chance to finally meet you that maybe never get to come to North America. You're going to be open to all that. That's going to be so much fun. I can't believe how many events they're doing, and it's just a whopper fest if you're into that for IFPA. Oh, uh, yeah, I won't be able to make it down for the, for the first weekend, but I will be there for the, the main event and a couple of others. And Yeah, I, I'm really just there for the circuit points. Uh, that, that's my plan. I don't know about anything else that's coming I'm mainly just there to teach and support and and uh, be part of this uh, amazing event. And then hopefully I'll get to go back again someday. Do you see this, and they just had one in Germany too, uh, Pinball Olympics, where it was multiple days. Do you see this being something that we're going to see in North America too? This, I think it's 10 days of pinball. I think it was more than seven, maybe it was 10 of Pinball Olympics. I mean, Pinburg's great. It's a thousand people. It's so much fun. It's like day camp for pinball. It's one <laughs> event. It's one event with also whipped, with also intergalactic. But we're talking ten events. It's kind of nuts. Like, how much before you just say no? I don't. I can't do it anymore. But I guess if you're going to do each one of those events for three or four hours, you're clocking in and around the same time as Pinburg anyway. Uh, but uh, I've never, been, I've never played in the flip frenzy, and I've never played in some of these other these other formats. So it's going to be very exciting for that that purpose and then with 10 or 12 different events going on you just have you can pick your battles and be like i really like match play so i'm just going to play match play tournament the variety of events and the number of events increasing is, is super you're going to love the flip frenzy i just played one on the weekend i think it is it is my favorite format now because it's match play but it's just go 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 <laughs> i look forward to intimidating my opponents into resigning on ball one <laughs> no is that how it works well, you know what? You are not allowed to prearrange that you play one ball, but if Bowen's crushing it and he's already got the GC on ball one, you can say, you know what? I'm giving you this game. So that, I think, is the legality, as it was told to me by Josh. So it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. You'll enjoy it, too. And again, all these different formats, I think. You know, the first time you ever came on Pinball Profile was like the day after, the morning after 24-hour sanctum. You were so bag-tired, too. So <laughs> I, I can't imagine 10 days of pinball how exhausted you would be after something like Brisbane Masters. Uh, we're going to find out. We're going to find out soon. You're now back in the IFPA. The last time you were on this show, uh, you had talked about the concern of charity events and free events having to fork over the dollar. I haven't asked you why you're back in IFPA. Um, I'm back at IFPA because IFPA took over the circuit, and I really like playing the circuit format. It's a great tournament and the summary of all year's worth of effort. And basically at this point, if I'm not in the rankings, then I can't play it. So I'm back in the rankings. It's, uh, I, I still feel the same way. I think, that, I think that charity events and free events should not have to pay those fees since those fees are not being paid by people in Europe or anywhere outside of America and, and Canada. And it doesn't make sense to me, but it appears that that, that matter is settled, that uh, everybody just agrees to go with it, and that's what's happening. You feel your hand was forced a little bit in that sense, that it now became the Stern Pro Circuit? Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess I could still just say, screw it, they dropped out, but it, it wasn't really worth it. And honestly, I kept getting questions. I was like, are you staying? Are you going? Are you doing it? It's just, uh, yeah. It was exhausting and also, like, probably just not the right thing to try to stand for in the first place because it's not my system. 
I want to run my own system, then I will. But if it's uh, the IFPA can do what they choose to, and I, as I've said before, I, they do a ton of work for a very little gain, and they're doing it because they love it. So they're in charge. They get to make those decisions. I should have been, I probably should have been more respectful in the way I treated that. And uh, because a lot of people thought I just didn't, uh, that there was some kind of personal beef involved. There was, there was never. And I, I just want to express my gratitude to them for the amount of work and effort they put forth in building things and promoting people. I never got that you were being disrespectful. I didn't think that was the case at all. I I thought, no, that shocks the heck out of me that you just said that because you made it very clear, the free events, the charity events. In fact, that was the same thing I said to Josh on April 1st when it came out too. I'm like, even free events? I hadn't thought of the charity ones, but oh yeah, wait a minute. And then he pointed out um, that some of the PAPA circuit events are in fact charity events. So I'm like, okay, I guess then, but what about free events? And he said, well, you don't have to do IFPA. And I'm like, okay, but... I kind of had some of the same thoughts you did, too, and I didn't think your thoughts or me thinking that was disrespectful. Thanks. But I do know one thing that makes you happy. It's what you're doing with Spooky Pinball. And oh, Alice... I thought you were going to say Press Your Luck is back on TV. I have that on my... It's the next thing on my list. It's the next thing on my list. You jumped the gun. All right, let's go to Press, press Your Luck. I saw you in the audience there. The studio looks good. The greatest game ever, right? Press Your Luck is my favorite TV yeah absolutely uh, I used to watch it all the time as a kid and when they decided they were going to make more I'm like I'm going I don't care I'm going I'm going to sit in the audience I'm going to watch this show and it's going to be awesome and it, it was it was it was so worth it yeah it's getting a lot of hype for sure I like the nostalgia that it looks like the old pressure lock too mm-hmm. people keep asking so are they going to figure out how to not make the board rigged like that one guy who won and then, yes they figured out how not to rig the board yeah. It is 2019 now. That is very likely. Yeah, it's a lot easier now for sure. Okay, back to Alice Cooper, if that's all right, and Spooky Pinball, because that's been, uh, has it been a year now for you? Uh, I got hired by Spooky after the Texas Pinball Fest last year at the end of March. Okay. So, uh, yes, it's been a year and four months now that I've been at Spooky uh, part-time as a rules designer and the head of rules and programming as my official title if there is one but uh working on cooper and beginning work on uh scott denise next game looking forward to that but i've watched a few of your seminars and there was one recently at pintastic where you brought out alice cooper's nightmare castle you were there at uh, texas pinball festival as well that's a fun game we have one in our league here i really enjoy playing it thanks one of the things i felt committed to was trying to trying to help build the concept that when you win a mode Something should it should very satisfying as satisfying as possible. Uh, so the, the monster battles are difficult, but when you win one, you get rewarded big time. You get a thirty second ball save with bonus uh, bonus scoring opportunities. You get a hurry up that counts down at the end of that time for uh, additional score. And even just finishing the mode in the first place, you get a solid reward points wise compared to the regular scoring that the mode will normally award. As a sidebar, I saw some of your posts recently where Alice Cooper actually themed his tour based on the pinball machine, which was very cool. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, the, uh, there, we had no idea. I know one in Spooky knew about this, but the Alice Cooper tour just started about a week and a half ago, and they break out their stage, and it looks like the pinball machine. It's got the castles and everything. 
and then they announced at the beginning of the show, Welcome to Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. Awesome. Uh, and so the tour is going to be named Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle throughout the entire tour, and it's got the effects. Unfortunately, unfortunately, they do not play Disco Bloodbath Boogie Fever, as far as I can tell. <laughs> Darn that it. is the one downside of this tour, but it's crazy, right? Uh, Charlie at Spooky is over the moon about this. I've been influenced by so many rock musicians. I never believed that I would see that I could influence a rock musician. That's pretty neat. I know Charlie was very excited to be working with Alice Cooper. I've been very fortunate a few times to have him on this radio show that I do, and I've even introduced him in concert too, which was very, very cool. I fanboyed out for sure. He is the nicest gentleman aside from the stage persona like i mean it's all gore it's vaudeville as he calls it and you have to take his stuff tongue-in-cheek because i know you bowen morally have no interest or condone necrophilia yet in the game there's cold ethel which he talks about well you know what (laughs) and (laughs) but you just kind of have to i laugh it off i know it's not serious now now let's be clear there are Two necrophilia songs in the game. Oh, <laughs> I, I love the I dead. Love the dead. <laughs> so basically, you're saying, Bowen, that you're a big fan? Uh, no, of course not. <laughs> but it, but, oh, but, but, but like you say, the, the Alice Cooper brand is all about this, this bloodline, the, the tongue and cheekness of it all, and the wackiness of this character who does crazy things. And, you know, you, you would actually have to ask uh, Bug about this, because Charlie's son, Bug, picked the songs. Oh. And uh, from what I've heard, when, when he brought the list of songs to Alice Cooper, initially before Green to do his game, the list of songs is what led Alice to just say, yeah, this is great, do whatever you want, I trust you. Because the songs weren't the usual hit. They mm-hmm. were obscure tracks and interesting tracks from a lot of different albums. And the reaction from that was very, very positive to the, to the vision. Obviously, I guess the, the reaction is so positive that he'd make his tour based on that vision. Uh, that was uh, incredible. But that was one of the reasons why we were able to basically make the game we wanted to make without having the oversight of, of a typical place. Actually, I wonder what, what a typical license would be like because it didn't feel like that. In making this game, we just said, well, let's do what we want. Try to throw Alice's head around after winning the guillotine, we didn't have to go back to Alice and say, okay, to make an animation of his head being thrown around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You probably need that, you probably need that approval for traditional Again, to the nature of Alice Cooper and just his off-the-wall songs like the two mentioned or his Descent into Madness songs like Stephen or the Ballad of Dwight Fry. Just some great, great music. And I'm glad you're having fun with that game. We're having fun with it. Can hardly wait for Scott Denise's next game. I'm such a huge fan of TNA and everything done at Spooky. You're a busy guy. I've killed your cell phone battery. Bowen, I'll let you go and have fun there in uh, Utah. uh, If I can have one more thing, I did not expect to happen when I started working for Spooky. Is that I was I would affect dramatically my son's musical taste. Uh, when we get in the car, he either wants to put on music from Total Racing or You know what? He knows, and he talks to other kids about asking them what their favorite Alice Cooper songs are, and the other kids are like, "What? Total with what?" 
done is wrong with these uh, aging rock <laughs> My young son, the first time he heard an Alice Cooper song, it was School's Out, and he said, Dad, there are words that rhyme with principle. And I thought, okay, you, you're listening to the lyrics, you're liking this. I thought it was pretty cool. So a great game. Yeah. I'll let you go, Bowen. Bowen, thank you very much. I'll see you in a few weeks, and I look forward to Pinburg and Replay FX and Whipped and Intergalactic and all the good things that happen August 1st through the 4th in Pittsburgh. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking very much forward to it. It's such a celebration and an opportunity to see so many, so many of my best friends in the happiest place we can be. So I'll see you there. And I'm sure some new friends too. Bowen, thanks very much. Thanks. Bye-bye. This has been your Pinball Profile. You can find our group on Facebook. We're also on Twitter, at Pinball Profile. Email us pinballprofile at gmail.com. And please subscribe on your favorite podcatcher. I'm Jeff Teoles.